This is the Conscious Experience. guys good we ready yeah hey and the task force is back in the building you know what we do when we whenever we got regus b lab and myself together we get shit done and we break shit down baby <laughs> we <Yeah>. are <laughs> we have so much to get to um we honestly should have started this podcast 30 minutes earlier because we were having like great some pretty good conversations um alongside property and i know we're going to get inside the whole matrix that is israel and uh israelis versus the palestinians and um i know that the tech space is going up and accelerating alongside digital currency so um this is one of those things where we kind of break down these complex but in my point of view interesting uh conversations that are going to happen so let's start with palestine <laughs> regas i know that you wanted to get into this um this topic of issue and uh whenever you look at this section of the world you know you look at um israel you you, you what you see is thousands of years of war and terror and i think that um there's this fight between the uh, palestinians and the um, israelis where land is trying to be owned and land is trying to be conquered and different political systems are trying to influence the people and there's just all this going on so if you can help clarify like all this craziness regus um i guess one what is actually going on over there and uh what is the cause for all this turmoil yeah man so um it, it it's 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 becoming very very like dangerous and savage over there currently in the middle east um you know as we know the war between like really israel and really the whole middle east has been going on for really since you know the bible right if you go back to the bible you see like the israelites fighting against the different tribes who inhibited the land at that time so this really goes back in addition to having you know the 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 seven day war um and yom kippur um where you know the israelis fought the egyptians and then the syrians so this just has been going on and on right so what's currently happening right now is palestine is essentially uh arpithead right and for you, those who do not know what Arpithead is, right, um, if I told you, like, hey, do you know about uh, Nelson Mandela? You're like, yeah, I know him. I've heard him before, right? Uh, South Africa guy, you know. That's pretty much all you know, right? Apartheid? Yeah, apartheid. Arpithead, apartheid, you know. So, um, so back then, like, so this is how it happened, right? So obviously in South Africa, right, you had the Zulu nation, right? The fiercest warriors in all of Africa, right? That's what they're known for. They even created a movie about them, like, back in the 1960s, right? So the British came in there, right, along with the Dutch, and 
um, the whole Afrikaner, right? That's how that term, uh, term got coined because essentially, you know, you had Dutch farmers who started, you know, farming land. And essentially it was another imperialism slash colonialism that happened, right? So imagine yourself being in, in your own homeland and then you see again, you see four foreigners and they take over your land and essentially enslave you, right? So their whole economy, the what we call the Boers now, which were the Dutch, right? Their whole economy was based on slavery, right? And that's how we had the Boer Wars and everything. When the British said, hey, slavery is illegal, you can't have this. And then that's how those two wars happened. We fast forward the 1940s. Um, then we had, you know, the, the National Party rise up in ranks and essentially take over um, South Africa um, and create, you know, um, Arpetheid, right? Um, or, you know, what Dunlap calls it. So essentially, this is so imagine this imagine say, hey, you know, we took over your country and now we have this social class system. So, you know, Africa, uh, you know, whites or Afrikaners are at the very top, like they have all the power, then Asians, then coloreds, then actual black Africans. Right. So my own country, you told me I went from having being at the top to all the way at the bottom, right? That's essentially what happened. So it's, it's really a mirror. Well, it's actually far worse, really, um, to what happened during the, you know, the civil rights era and the Jim Crow laws that we saw here in the United States. So really, it, it was actually became a parallel because, you know, um, Arpithia, you know, ended in, in, you know, 1990s. And so really what Nelson Mandela did was obviously he fought against that, right? He was a lawyer. He was a very educated man. He went to university um, and he fought against the social injustice, right? And this economic justice, right? Because when this happened, you know, thousands of people's jobs and homes and lands and, and, and just anything just got, you know, just stripped away. Right. And we've seen this countless many times, right, with the Japanese when, you know, World War II happened, you know, Japanese were incarcerated, they lost their land, they lost their gold, they lost their money, lost everything. The same thing with the Chinese, the Vietnamese, Koreans, all of them. Right. So, you know, fast forward, you know, Nelson Mandela fine gets out and then that's really the whole genesis of that movement. So what we're seeing right now in Palestine is the same exact thing, but with Israel doing that, right, with the annexation um, of the West Bank, right. And the Golan Heights as well. So, you know, right now, currently, you know, current administration, you know, the Israeli annexation is a culmination of a four-year effort to join, you know, President uh, Neanderthal's um, assault on Palestinian rights. Um, you know, 2018, all humanitarian and, and, you know, Palestinian, you know, refugees, their aid were, you know, was cut off. Um, the diplomatic mission back in 2018 of September um, the Palestinian MC was, you know, cut off from aid, um, you know, fast forward last year to March, you know, the illegal annexation of the occupied Golan Heights occurred. And essentially, um, you know, Israel has the full power to annex everything and displace millions and millions of Palestinian refugees with nowhere to go. Right. So essentially, that's what's really what happening right now. And I wanted to um, read some quick facts. Sponsored by the Institute for the Middle East of Understanding, or IMEE, right? So obviously this is illegal, right? So, you know, Russia did this in the Crimea in 2014. As you know, Russia, you know, they essentially annexed the Ukraine, right? And basically they said, hey, you know, we're going to post our ships here. If not, you're going to have no oil. That's essentially what's happening, right? So, you know, 
back in 2014 when this, you know, when Russia occupied and annexed Crimea, you know, the UN and the international community say that, hey, this is a violation of international law, right? This is exactly this is the same thing happening right now in Israel and Palestine, right? So under international law, it's actually illegal for countries to annex occupied territories acquired by military force. So obviously we're seeing that happening right now, right? Israel's coming in, occupying Palestine, using military force, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the big war that's been happening over years and years. It's like, hey, this is my land. No, my land, my people. I can trace my generations of, of, of people, you know, coming back to, you know, the book of, you know, Deuteronomy and Genesis and everything. We've been here for thousands of years and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, in, you know, again, in 1980, you know, Israel officially annexed Palestine, East Jerusalem, which occupied, again, the West Bank, Gaza, the Syrian Golan Heights. That's what happened during the 1967 war, right? Um, and it, it's, it's just been a going on, ongoing um, power story right now. Right. So right now, currently, man, in the streets right now, especially in South Florida right now, actually close to you, Therese, um, there's been, you know, you know, peaceful protests saying, you know, and, you know, Palestine's voice needs to be heard, man. There's like, uh, you know, no aid, people getting, you know, refugee and displaced and, and just, you know, Israel's just taking over the Arpithian section, man. So that's what happens, dude, when your rights gets taken away is what we're seeing today right now. But, you know, they've been going through it, you know, for, you know, thousands of years. So I, I, I want to touch on um, the annexation of the Western Bank. But before we get to that, this is a very, I, I think, complicated issue because there's so many moving parts. And then the history extend thousands of years. I mean, there literally be, this has literally been going on between the Israelis and the Palestinians for, you know, 2000 years plus. So I think that um, to, to, to backtrack a little bit, why would... Uh, Israel want to annex the Western Bank? Why Why would uh, the politicians have interest in doing that? It, it, it's, it's, it's more so like a, it's more so like a, a land power struggle, right? Um, you know, it's more so saying like, hey, it, it, it's, it, you can, it, you know, like I said, I'm knowledge to a certain extent, but, you know, obviously I'm not Palestinian, obviously. So, but what I can say is that, you know, it relates back to the, you know, the Sunnis and the Shias, right? Okay. So, you know, Sunnis and Shias, you know, they have different philosophical beliefs, right? One believes like Muhammad. I forgot, I forgot exactly, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Like, like, like Muhammad. Like, I think for the Shias, I think don't quote me, but like Muhammad, you know, he did this, 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 and this, and that's why you know we're the chosen people. So essentially, with Israel and Palestine, right? Israel's like, well, you know, we're the chosen people of God, you know. This is, you know, our, our land and, and territory, so therefore, you know, it's respectfully ours. So that, that that's what they're saying essentially right now. Yo, so yeah, that, so yeah, that, that's that's what's happening right now. And then Palestine is saying, no, this is our land. You know, our land has been, um, you know, we've been here for centuries and everything. This is we we built businesses, we built economy here, we built our whole lives here, and now you just yeah. want to come and use military force. And which is completely illegal. And if you occupy under, you know, under military force, you know, the Geneva Convention comes in where it's essentially illegal to, you know, displace of anyone of, you know, their rights and their basic human, you know, necessities. Well, um, well, uh, the 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 is the Israelis. This this all goes back to like religion, though, right? The the um, the Jews believe that this is their, you know, this was like their ancestral, like promised land, like sacred land, and so yeah. they they basically own, you know, or or are supposed to be given that land. And and if you if you look, they they are buying a lot of land too. 
They're building cities and in 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 um uh, towns and and buying up land. So technically, it would be their land, right? But the, but the, but where it goes wrong is they're buying up land and and kind of like kicking the uh, Palestinians out and making them become refuge refugees. Is that kind of like the issue that's going on? I mean, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, it's definitely like that. But of course, you know, when you start using military force, you don't really need to like buy up land, right? You can just roll in there and say, hey, this is our land. But again, you know, Israel was officially recognized as a state back in 1946, right? Yeah. When uh, Harry Truman took over because, you know, FDR died. You mean, you know, and then after the war, you know, millions of Jews were displaced, right? They were literally essentially, you know, another an exodus happened again, right? Yeah. And so, you know, they're like, okay, you know, this part right here is, is officially the state of Israel. And that's really how that whole, these whole, all these wars started, right? Um, but essentially, you can say what's happening right now, right? If you're saying buying a blind, I mean, you can see it right now, you know, with blacks, right? You know, you know, people come in, they use the word, you know, what's called gentrification. In case you guys don't know what gentrification is, is when, you know, you go in into really poverty-stricken neighborhoods, and you buy up all the land, you kick everybody out, and then you rebuild it to make it like you know actual like profitable areas, right? That's the whole definition of gentrification. Um, I, I think to a certain extent that you know, yes, Israel is buying land, but it's also using military force and displacing it like millions and millions of Palestinians, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that no one, again, no one's talking about this, right? Yeah. You know, the media is focused on certain things happening right now, like Corona and and you know you know, what, whatever else, right? But they're not focusing on the international issues that need to be addressed, right? It's the same thing with the Syrian refugees, right? Yeah. So, you know, again, we, we need, you know, if, we, if we're trying to coincide and leave and, and live an actual peaceful world, which I don't know about this at this point, but, you know, these issues need to be brought up and these issues need to be brought to light, right? So I think that's the whole, uh, whole reason why, you know, I want to talk about this the only reason why that you know you're seeing you know peaceful protests out here talking about this and restoring basic human rights as we all should as americans mm -hmm. and and citizens as well if, of any country you know yeah well th well this is a great conversation to have um uh, so why do you think the united states what, what what is the position of the un and the united states because aren't they trying to have these uh two uh different entities being uh um being palestinian and also being israeli they're trying to have these two groups come together and have like a compromising compromising situation but it seems like the palestinians are not compromising at all they're either they're they're basically saying it's my way or there's no way and that's where you get some of these extreme groups um that are coming out and in and, and, and creating these uh these terrorist like type of acts but it, it seems like there, there's no compromise between the two, you know? Yeah, and, and again, it, it goes back to this is what happens when you have foreign powers coming in and drawing up the lines, right? So yeah. Africa, you know, Africa was just Africa, right? That's all it was until the British came in and started drawing lines saying, hey, you know, this is going to be Kenya and this is going to be Namibia and this is going to be South Africa, right? You know, it, 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 and, and, you know, in logical common sense is if you're if you're drew a line right and that line happened to be two tribes that hate each other how or happen war at years and all of a sudden you're saying hey you know you're gonna this is you're gonna be under one state you're gonna be all of you're gonna be considered kenyan right it's just not gonna work out yeah and it's the same thing what happened in 1946 right hey this line right here state of israel right? yeah and, you know, everybody, not just Palestinians, too, Jordanians, Egyptians, Syrians are all like, um, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, this is my land. And that's, that's, that's all, that's all that, that's reason. One of the reasons why this whole struggle is still going on to this day. Yeah. Because yeah. no, at the end of the day, no one really knows like what the, what the actual line is, right? No yeah. one can pinpoint like, okay, yeah, from here all the way down to the, you know, the West Bank is our lines, right? Yeah. You know, they've both sides have been saying this for generations saying, Hey, you know, my land, our, our land is from the West Bank to the Gaza Strip and that that's us right there. And then, you know, all this is happening right now. Yeah. yeah. So, and it, you, know it, what, you know, it sounds interesting. It, it sounds that? like, like, it really sounds like it was about money and special interests, but then they tried to prove their point by getting religion involved. They're like, well, see, nah, it says in this book here, but like the intent wasn't, a, it wasn't about religious, it wasn't about religion at all. They just put them like, they just move. It's like, it seems like a repeatable process because first they, you know, what happened in Germany. So they made Israel and now Palestine, but it's just like, who's to say that they don't move the Palestinians somewhere else to another group of people. And like the cycle kind of continues. I, well, I think it will continue, and, and it, it goes back to the point, like, it, yeah, you're right, it, it always comes down to monetary interest, right? The whole reason why, one of the reasons why is we the, the British entered World War One, right, is because Winston Churchill wanted the the, um, the oil in Iraq, right? He was like, we need oil to fuel our war machines um, in Iraq, so that's why, you know, essentially, you know, he... That's why the British were in Iraq, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, in history lesson, kids, in case you didn't know, um, how do you think Saddam uh, Hussein got his army? How do you think he got all these tanks? Because it was under British rule. Iraq was under British rule at the time. Um, dude, the whole Middle East, before it just got completely destroyed, was the place to go to. If you were a playboy, if you were a single bachelor, dude, you would go to the Middle East, dude. You would go to Casablanca. You would go to Iraq. You would go to Afghanistan, even, and you would just party there. That was the place to go. Right. Because it was all controlled under, you know, either the French, the, the British, the Americans. Right. It was all controlled. And it was obviously because of the natural resources, i.e. oil. That's what fueled the war economy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you're yeah, you're right to your point. It just all comes down to monetary interest. And then, you know, that's when it starts to come into play. And I feel like that same um, that same interest is why it doesn't get any play, because I feel like we have we work with Israel as Americans, so our special intelligence agencies and we have underlying, you know, uh, I guess uh, alliances with Israel to where why would we say anything? Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's a good question. That's a good point. Right. I, and- I feel like. It would be up to the people because obviously, like, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see the political moves that um the Trump administration has kind of uh, administered um throughout his uh, tenure, um especially kind of siding with Israel and saying to the Palestinian people like, look, you if you guys don't compromise, like they're gonna keep taking up the land and pushing you guys out and you guys are basically going to be fucked so there needs to be something where you guys can compromise and 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 so there isn't this ugly situation because i mean you're looking at these situations it's all word value but if you look at it from a face value point of view people are dying people you know you know war is happening people are dying and people are getting kicked out of of their place of living that would be insane imagine if someone told you you couldn't stay here anymore because of you know your ideology or or what you identify with you get kicked out it sucks it's crazy 
and I think it, if it's like a third party, I just move somebody there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to la the last episode, uh, B-Lap, where we were kind of expanding on the whole spiritual um, paradigm that's happening amongst humanity. Um, it's, it's really happening in America, where the, the, uh, the, the masses is kind of waking up to um, how f flawed and... and, and ineffective this machine is the political machine which is the democracy of the united states and then and then also protest around the world in hong kong and and other places where the people are just fed up of the same bs that has been here since the start of time i mean i think there there's eventually going to come to come come a time where you know people are just they're, they're fed up with it. it's happening right now yeah, and I have like a, a story that coincides with that too because um, yeah, in the last episode we talked about, you know, basically, you know, the matrix of the system was really, uh, the foundation was the monetization of the monetization of nature and people forcing people or tricking people into needing external things instead of realizing that there is, you know, everything's here for us. So with the improvision of money, improvisation or implementation of money, you know, it basically, you know, put a price on nature. And so what that meant was that, you know, uh, the same way that kind of the, the Israel and Palestine tried to kind of use religion as a justification of how to separate the land, somebody can also basically say, nah, man, I bought this land. But before people, you couldn't buy land. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, for example, if you look at Haiti, um, I just saw like an interesting story about Haiti because um, people kind of take the face value of things um, and don't really understand that they might have been like led astray. For example, the same people that, you know, <laughs> for example, if, if say if, uh, Israel wins, they're going to tell the story to the Palestinian children of what happened. And they're not gonna. They might not understand the atrocities that took place because the people that won will tell their children what really happened, and then the true story will get washed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, with Haiti, you look at you know Haiti's the the poorest country in the world. Um, but you know, a hundred years ago, or not sorry, not hundred years ago, but like in eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, you know, Haiti was you know a thriving um, population. You know, they sold most of the world's like sugar and all that type of stuff. Um, and they were the only place to, um, you know, have a successful like slave revolt and, you know, free themselves from the French. And people take a lot of pride in that, but they don't realize that the reason why they're the poorest country in the world is because the French made them pay back their debt because technically they were property. So they said, hey, <clears throat> if, you know, Unless you pay us back for our, our property loss, we'll come back. And they had like warships at the ready outside of the island. So saying like, hey, if you don't pay us back, and it was like, in our dollar terms, it was like maybe $21 billion. Fuck. And they would just basically, you know, come back and take the island. So technically they weren't free. They put a monetary debt on top of their head. Mm -hmm. So the Haitian people are basically still paying that debt. Um, I think they... Uh, I think something happened in 1940 when they finally came close or whatever. But I mean, like, that's pretty much why Haiti's so poor. And then you got 
other entities basically exploiting them as well with their um, exports such as like rice and different things like that. So it's like, um, you know, when you look at money, it's like basically the French, you know, enslaved them, their land. Once they got free, they basically said, nah, you got to buy back your land from us or we'll just take it back. So like, they're never, they're never, they never were free, if that makes sense. Like the chains were, like the chains weren't, the chains aren't physical, you know what I'm saying? Like it's either debt or mental. Right, yeah. And slavery, like, yeah, and slavery is always mental, you know what I'm saying? You only beat somebody to, to mentally reinforce what you're trying to do. Yeah, and the whole the whole debt part goes back to, you know, the confessions of, of uh, economic hitman, right? So, you know, another way, you know, you don't have to always go to war in order to bring, in order to take over a country, right? It's the same thing with, you know, um, with companies, right? You don't all necessarily need to keep shorting the, um, you know, the stock. You know, always just do what's called a hostile takeover, right? Like what Carl Icahn um, did for many companies, essentially threatened saying, hey, you know, if you don't turn around, then I'm going to basically dissolve this company, right? Because he had enough money, right? So, you know, another way to do that is to essentially say, like, hey, I'm going to promise you, you know, to build up your country with all this infrastructure and this, this and that. So take out these loans and, you know, and also you're going to get your return and then, you know, you're going to pay off the debt. But obviously those loans, all that money went to the not no big contracts to all these contractors. And essentially it left the, it left the, um, the country with the bag, holding the bag. And now they had to pay back all this debt. And that's why, you know, special interests, you know, own that country now. So, right. right, aka yeah. banks. So, yeah. <laughs> all this, yeah. this so Citibank was involved with Haiti, and I mean, you gotta look at these special interest groups that are, you know, probably with Israel and every, you know, it just comes back to the banks because uh, money isn't really real. It's like they, it's the same people that are buying everything are the ones creating the money. So it's just like, you know, it's like it's already rigged. Yeah, right. just like Rich that said, money is just an idea. Yeah. Facts. Rakers, let me ask you a question. Do you do you think there's or have you heard of any effective idea out there that could help amend um, the whole uh, Israeli and Palestine debacle? Is there is there anything that you've heard that kind of made sense that someone could implement the UN could implement to help smooth everything over or is this just a extremely volatile situation that you know is ne is really never going to get fi figured out hey the UN doesn't have any good uh they don't have nothing good planned for nobody I'll see <laughs> like that <laughs> I wouldn't don't I would not, not I would not ask the UN for help they are the ones probably plotting against everybody <laughs> well aren't they're hey. helping though right is, is the UN I mean, is... you saw right there, I mean, when Russia, you know, annexed, you know, Crimea in 2014, and essentially they're, they're annexed Ukraine, and you don't see the UN, UN do anything, uh, the UN do anything, mm -hmm. even though they know, like, yeah, Ukrainians do not like Russians. Yeah. That's a pure, that's a pure fact. Like, that's not a, a biased opinion. That's just literally just facts. So, I mean, to Dylan's point, yeah, that's, that's just not going to happen. Um, you know, one can only hope for, for, for peace and everything, but... Again, it comes back to, you know, down to the fundamentals of, of, of property rights, right? But from a, from a very, you know, constitutional per perspective, but, you know, it also, you know, 
again, it comes back to history and it comes back to, you know, religion and, and, and people's beliefs and, you know, whose land is what's land, right? You know, the only thing I can say is that, you know, hopefully, you know, people can come to agreement. Hopefully Palestine, you know, has their own equal rights as any other human should be, right? I'm a person of everyone should have an equal opportunity to, for the playing field. It's just the way I feel. So, um, yeah. So. Mm. It's just it's, it's really unfortunate when when things get to this level, when, when groups of people can't come together because they're fighting over uh, uh, patches of dirt and, 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 and killing people and kicking people. I was just it's a very unfortunate situation, man. But I mean, this this type of stuff has been happening since, you know, the, the, the since the first time any advanced civilization popped up there's always been fights and arguments that's led to you know deaths and and other bad things like that it's crazy to wrap your mind around and then on top of that ai is integrating and a new world is literally about to be created well it's created but it's, it's about to transitioning transition to a global scale yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely rolling out. Um, there's a reason why Hong Kong is protesting because they're already seeing first glimpse of it. They're like, "Nah, I'm good, man." Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "No." <laughs> well, dude, so. I, I I I saw. I it was weird. I was watching a documentary, and this um, so they've implemented this um this method of uh surveilling their um uh, citizens and and pretty much. Ch publicly embarrassing people who do unlawful things so like if you jaywalk they post your uh, face up to like this teleprompter that everybody can see it's like in the like the yeah. middle of the square yeah so they post your face up there and then they can send you like a fine they can find your account because everything's so connected and intertwined and then so you see different things like this lady she can pay for kfc for smiling like this is teleprompter that recognizes her face and then somehow is connected to her account and she's able to pay just by smiling. So this is the type of advanced technology that these people are like being, you know, in, in integrated with is insane to see. And it's just like ugh, it's, it's, it's on the fine line of of um, of invading people's privacy. I mean, it is invading people's privacy is on that fine line is weird. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, with the Edward Stoner thing with Joe Rogan, you know, when the Patriot Act was signed, you know, that immediately violated, violated the Fourth Amendment, Fourth Amendment, right, which is the rights to, you know, searches and seizures, yeah. right? So, you know, automatically, as he talked about, like, the phone is always listening, the NSA has it tapped in, tapped mm -hmm. into every conversation. Um, but yeah, dude, and then, you know, with that documentary about China, you know, kids wearing headbands and, you know, they, they can tell if you're falling asleep mm -hmm. and that shit gets sent to the parents. Mm -hmm. And like what you said, like, if I just need to buy something, I can just stand in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're good to go. And then the whole social currency is crazy, dude. Which is funny because it, it, it's funny because it used to be, you know, it used to be a nationalist party. It used to be like a free capitalistic dem democracy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it switched over to you know, communism, which, you know, um, which is another story. And then now we're at this point where it's considered a, a mixed market, right? A mix between capitalism and, you know, socialism slash communism. But at the end of the day, it's really technically communism because that the, the government allows 
these, you know, Chinese multimillionaire and billionaires to build businesses. But at the end of the day, you know who Big Daddy is, and yeah. that's the Chinese government. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. And and I think that the relationship between China and America is getting spicy, too, because, you know, mm. up up until this point, uh, America's been considered like the big brother and China's kind of like the little brother or whatever. But, you know, since they're assimilating to this tech, this AI technology, data has become has become the new oil. So the more data the AI has, the more effective and efficient it works. So you already have these, uh, these literally the Chinese government is clearing out these large spaces and creating towns where it's just all autonomous cars. And these cars are, you know, training and getting better and collecting the AI is collecting data and there's less wrecks and wrecks as the system corrects itself. Well, you have to, you have to kind of wonder, you know, one, Okay, obviously this is the world that we're headed into, but is how is America going to implement this in a kind of democratic society? Um, and then two, where where's our privacy at? I, th I me personally, I feel that everything is going to be transparent. I, th I think I think the way we're headed right now, that's the that's the world we're going to be looking at, where you can literally see anything about anybody. And I think that's that's a huge part in these pedophile rings that are being exposed, you know, these extremely powerful celebrities and and, and, and uh, politicians being exposed right now because you information is literally becoming readily available to anybody. Yeah. It, uh, you got something to let? I don't know if you want to say something. Oh, um, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll say something. Uh, I don't want to yeah, I mean, the same way that the, uh, the Internet is... Um, you know, um, good for information. The information is there, um, but it can also be. It's almost. It's really just like Pandora's box. And the reason why I say that is because uh, whoever controls the internet controls, you know, the world technically, in a sense, as far as information is concerned. And why do I say that? It's because basically, you know, the internet and tech has basically circumvented or was is a is being used as a loophole to basically. Um, take away our rights so it's like with the constitution and everything like that you know the same rules don't apply digitally and it hasn't been able to catch up so that's why like you explained before with the patriot act how it can basically was like a loophole for the i believe the fourth amendment yeah yeah fourth amendment and um with the internet as well you can get banned or shadow banned and basically they can burn books so you know you might look for something and it's not there anymore. You know what I'm saying? There might be a reference that you saw. It's not there anymore. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and um, the same way that uh, they, and there's no privacy. So that means that, you know, they can pretty much, they know everything you're doing, mm -hmm. what time you did it, mm -hmm. you know, how long you did it for. Um, and then they could definitely, you know, probably, you know, blackmail you even better than they could in real life. <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh yeah, of course. Um, you go back to your point, Therese, about the whole full transparency. I mean, there was that movie called I think called The Red Circle, Tom Hanks, and basically he he created. I didn't watch like the, the movie, but I saw the trailer. Basically, it was like this um, program where this like essentially a drone would like it was capturing this whole person's life, mm -hmm. um, and basically the whole like essentially it was predictive programming right and it was just saying like you know how far would you go and blah 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 right but you know 
um, you know, Andrew Yang and Mark Cuban, because Andrew Yang has a, a, a YouTube show now called Yang Speaks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, he just he just opened up because obviously he's not running right now. Um, but, you know, they talked about, you know, catching up to China, right? They compared, you know, technology to China. And they were saying basically the U.S. is basically dead last as far as like uh, innovation and infrastructure, right? And what they were saying, infrastructure, they were saying infrastructure 2.0, right? They were saying, you know, Japan, Germany, uh, you know, the UK, they're ahead of um, technology. You know, we have, you know, BSX or Boston Dynamics with building robots. But basically what they're saying was like, you know, we're so far behind, you know, you know, we don't have, you know, any 5G infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's them saying it, but we know about 5G. Um, they were saying, you know, we don't have the autonomous robots. Say, yeah, Elon Musk is, you know, creating it. Um, but again, he's, he's leading the way mm-hmm. and they were just saying like, we're so far behind in infrastructure 2.0. We're so, we're more so focused on the traditional infrastructure. Right. And they were basically saying, you know, the, this administration, this administration was, um, you know, focusing on the 1960s, mm-hmm. right. With the whole building of the roads, but which I had no problem with because the roads out here are shit. Yeah. I mean, the bridges, like the army corps engineers, they're always giving our bridges and roads like F's. Um, it's not safe, especially around here. So I have no problem with building, you know, infrastructure traditionally. But yeah, I think there needs to be some type of infrastructure um, revamp because at the end of the day, people are gonna. There's gonna be a new wave of job losses, like from 2008, and it's gonna be it's gonna be automation this time. It, it's not gonna be stuff sent to India and China and Vietnam, mm-hmm. but this time it's gonna be jobs lost like yang said to automation yeah. and yeah we need to tax it yeah we need to charge whatever a, a robot can do the same thing as a welder and put a 15 percent tax and then contribute that three percent tax to you know investing to further automation everything like cuban said so you know america do does needs to catch up if it wants to you know stay strong if it wants to keep its reserve currency status right if it wants to become still become the innovators because mm-hmm. again we saw this in 1980s when the Japanese took over the automotive industry and basically brought down um, the automotive industry. And if it wasn't, for, again, for the government, we wouldn't be seeing Ford, GM, any of these companies anymore because, you know, of their complacency, I should say. Yeah. Well, uh, along the tech space in China, like the top entrepreneurs are predicting that China is going to catch up to America in the tech race. Their AI, their, their technology is going to catch up to America in 20, 2025. And in 2030, uh, they predict that Chinese is going to be exponentially, um, they're going to exponentially surpass uh, America in technology. And that's the route that they're going. And, and, the, and their whole basis is um, uh, data that's collected. The data that's collected, again, is, is, is like that super precious resource. It's like oil. It, it makes the AI better because it learns from its mistakes. It's like this linear, uh, linear learning. Um, they call it like deep learning. Deep learning? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so they're literally working on, you know, collecting all this data and perfecting the AI, AI and making it more effective. It's, you know, it's it's weird, man. I think you said it long ago, uh, Brian. Like, the, like what a time to to live, man. We're 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 not even in this world yet. Like, I feel like so much is going to happen within our lifetime. It's, it's going to be absolutely amazing, but insane at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Shit. And 
I think one of the more interesting things that I saw um, from Jeff Bezos is he he kind of scripted out Amazon of the future, like the Amazon world of the future. And uh, initially, essentially, it was like this uh, visual diagram that showed Amazon drones everywhere delivering different type of packages to people's places or whatever but even like that aspect like delivery like the the, the type of influence amazon and companies like amazon are going to play a, a huge part in this tech world is going to be huge man and and it's it's weird because like uh, like you said regus the infrastructure in america is there's really no infrastructure but then on the other side of that is like 5g there's so many bad things about 5G, though. You know what I'm saying? Once we start integrating all that. So, like, there's, like, this compromise. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 like with anything, right? It's the compromise of do you want to get left behind or do you want to keep evolving and and um, um, and keep growing? Um, I was just listening to Jocko's podcast yesterday with uh, Jeff Higgs, uh, black Navy SEAL dude, and he brought up at the very end, it's called the Kardashev cycle. Um, it was like this astrologist slash like, uh, uh, you know, who dealt with the zodiac signs and all that. But basically right now, um, coming together like and, and figuring out, you know, a type zero and a type one, right? Right now, I think we're a type zero. Um, I think type one is like, where humans, you know, come, I may be going off in a tangent right now, but basically humans, you know, gather the natural energy in the world and use it for the better good. Um, it's a very interesting, very interesting theory. Um, I haven't looked deep into about, but I just found that uh, very interesting because, excuse me, America at a point, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how fucked up it is, because <laughs> We see it all the time. It's still the freest country in the world, and I would like that to continue, right? I like to, you know, continue to live in a, in a free capitalistic market and everything. But the only way, again, is to it's down to compromise, right? It's down to, you know, do we just want it to continue to live in the um, isolation? Isolationism? Yes, isolationism. Um, like Japan oh, I did. Think, I think they uh isolation. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. then you get isolationism and then nationalization. Yeah, a lot of isms, a lot of isms. <laughs> um, you know, do do we want to continue to live like that? Um, like uh, I remember reading a book back in college. It is literally a book that talked about that, but this was like back in the 1950s. It's crazy how books resurfaced. Um, um, you know, do we want to be like Japan, who Japan did it for like 400 years, or I'm sorry, for 16, uh, 1700 years before it opens its borders up to like to the world, um, or do we want to keep in, uh, you know, innovating and, and getting ahead and recruiting the top, t the the top tier, you know, cream the crop, right? It, you know, I, I think you know, from an economical standpoint, I think this is what we need to do, right? We need to start recruiting America, right? We need to start recruiting the best minds here that we have currently, right? and start creating innovation at the same time being ethical which obviously that becomes in a gray area and you know start competing right and have people from other countries start coming like oh we want to go to america right oh we need to learn from them you know how essentially how germany used to be you know before all this shit went down you know in the wire republic where everybody went to germany mm -hmm. to go learn like jews 
Turks, everybody. Like, if you wanted to get your education, you wanted to be successful, you go to Germany, you go to Berlin and get your education. Yeah. Um, I think that's how America needs to be. Um, but again, that's, you know, I'm just a small person here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a start and it definitely comes down to compromise. Um, it's just a matter of, like, how far are we willing to go to be number one still, you know? Well, I... yeah. and you made a good point there um, with the, oh, the isolate. What happened? I said, oh, thanks. because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you look at it um you know really that's the only way to really um win the game if that makes sense because if you look at okay you got japan um but <laughs> if you look at you know um an example of wakanda obviously wakanda isn't real but it gives you something to possibly shoot for because they were isolated and they were able to grow and manifest outside of the current system and, you know, if we keep, we're only, we're playing a silly game and we're, everybody's kind of understanding what's going on with the money and everything like that. So if we were to able to isolate ourselves and play a different game, we probably get different results. And, um, cause I mean, all we're going to do is like, yeah, you can close the border, this and that, but we're still playing the same game. We're going to get the same results. That's why things seem to repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, like how you said before, I think um, how somebody quoted, I guess they rated societies or humanity, potentially, I guess you said like category one or something like that. Yeah, it's called the uh, Kardashev cycle. I'll send it to you boys um, afterwards. Um, yeah, essentially, it's like t- it goes from like type zero to type one, essentially human beings like manifesting the natural energy of, of the universe, you know, kind of like how we, you know, we guys talk about this and Joe Rogan does and everything. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I've actually uh, I've seen that and uh, I've heard it, but I didn't. I've heard about that, but it made sense because like <laughs> when I heard about it, it was based off of uh, somebody that was talking about like extraterrestrials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically, like that's how before this system was um, was here. That's what the ancient systems used to use as far as like all the ancient civilizations as far as like the Mayans, Egyptians, you know, the Babylonians, and um, they just lived off the earth and things like that and got their power from the earth or in tandem with the earth and natural resources. And they had the most contact with, I guess, you know, I guess extraterrestrials or they still have, um, you know, mysterious speaks that they were able to accomplish that you know, currently we don't understand, but I think it has to do with that type of, um, with that type of, uh, I guess, uh, civilization or a goal of civilization. We don't have a goal of civilization. Like as far as that, like, once again, we've been tricked into, um, trying to source external things instead of internal things, such as ourselves and the earth. So that's what we're doing with technology. We're basically giving our power uh, to technology. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We've given, you know, our physical power at first, but now we've given all of our mental power. Why? Because we need a calculator now. You know what I'm saying? We need, you know, we can't remember more than one password. We can't remember phone numbers now. We've basically given up our um, humanity to basically join the machine. And um, I, I don't think, you know, uh, it might have been part of the plan, face ass, but I mean, that's what we're moving towards, and uh, it doesn't, 
whatever um whatever benefits um are insurmountable to what we probably once had or what we're capable of so we're also giving up our potential because we're not chasing our potential as human beings we're chasing what we believe you know external things can provide to us which is like the trick itself yeah the great the great archaeologist graham hancock kind of put in a way where like he said the great civilization the human civilization is like a adult who's suffering from amnesia like we forgot all the historic brilliance that was going on with the 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 first you know um very intelligent ancient civilizations such as egypt and uh, <clears throat> and 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 different uh, uh civilizations that were uh kind of where the middle east is in where it all started we lost all that all those teachings and now we're kind of you know, searching for external power, like you said, instead of looking inside and empowering ourselves. And we're seeing the ugliness um, or we're seeing the outcome, the negative outcome of what happens when you do that. War, bullying people, killing people, call, causing people to become refugees. All of this is because there there's this intense search, this intense hunger to have this external power. Yeah, it's like we've been basically just led astray. Yep. Yeah. No lie. But you know what's great, man? It's like there's this. If you listen to this podcast, you're in good hands. Right. But there's this great awakening that's coming or that's here. People are waking up, man. First. Yeah. You know. It's but, yeah. so, so, or, or, I, I, I'm going down the rabbit hole with this thing, because, like, there's this, so, all right, so, you know, as you know, I watch a lot of anime, because who doesn't, though, right? Um, there's a, there's this one show called Attack on Titan, fire show. I just now watched it. I slept on it for so many years. Essentially, the whole plot of the story is these people's minds were white from history, right? They, 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 they were like, okay, this is the only thing we know, but books show, like, hey, you know, there's these history books of like the ocean and the sea and these lands, and then there's so many things out there in the world. But what if, what if our minds were white? What if we knew everything and then the shit just like our minds were white? Kind of like I met in black when he was like, "Hey, look into this." Yeah. And they did thing you don't remember. Yeah. Right. I feel like at one point we knew everything, like we knew all this stuff, and then because again, what is history? What is history? Right. Yeah. It's his story. Yeah. It's oral. It's folklore. Terror. It's like yeah. the Vikings talking about Ragnarok and and Ragnar, and then Floki and talking about, you know, the, the stories about them, and they got passed down to traditions. Right. Uh-huh. I just feel like we knew everything at once, and we're just in tr- in where we've been we've been you know like you said the age of Aquarius now we're waking up now we're like okay we're back. We're, yeah. we're getting back to that level of, of, of enlightenment, of, of, of being to the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know? Yeah. And we have certain things that could, can help advance our perspective, too, like psychedelics. And I think that that is becoming more mainstream. And the more that becomes more mainstream, I think the more people are going to be able to analyze their ego and, and check their ego and, and really begin to ask the important questions. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, interesting enough. I mean, even to that to that uh, point about like, you know, kind of our memories being wiped and things like that. Um, I feel like that's the whole point of like indoctrination, potentially, because I mean, uh, you know, you can teach a 
you could teach a dog to, you know, meow like a cat. Or, you know what I'm saying, you can pretty much teach a teach a uh you know, a monkey or a gorilla sign language and things like that and kind of teach them, you know, not to be themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, um you can kinda basically just uh you know, kinda um indoctrinate them into a whole different system honestly like if we wanted to you know we could teach um basically like kind of like how pets are right mm-hmm. how dogs dogs are so far from a wolf but we know they come from a wolf because mm-hmm. you know you can kind of manipulate them you know what i'm saying and uh you can kind of like kind of like weed too or pets for sure but you can kind of pick which strand oh this would be a cute dog let me mix this with this bomb 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 and then oh you know let me teach them how to sit let me teach them how to fetch let me you know what i'm saying like you can kind of just kind of play around with them for like a benefit exactly yeah but until the until that you know instinct of want to control and manipulate people until we we, we learn how to deal with that we're going to always run into issues like this where people are trying to gain world dominance and, you know, implement their history, implement their ideology so they can control you in certain ways. You know, it's, we, we have yeah, to get over that. My bad. I just had like an epiphany, my bad. <laughs> Cause like, you know, to, uh, to the dog or to the animal, to the, to the animal, they don't know that they're, Hmm. So like, like us as humans, we think we're the biggest fish in the pond. So we wouldn't even, you know, entertain the idea that we're being manipulated by something else that has like infiltrated us. So like the same way that we did that with other animals and we currently do, who's to say that there's not nothing more? Because obviously, you know, scientifically, you know, you look at the possibilities that there is other life within this galaxy. Who's to say that at a certain point, it's almost like that movie Avatar. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's like people probably think, you know, that it's just humans, but like we're acting out of our nature. And that's why this awakening is here because we're so far from our nature that, you know, it's kind of hitting a point to where it's just like, what are we doing? But it, but isn't that ironic? too because like because that that thought of you know only thinking that you're here like you're the you're at the top that's the same egotistical attitude that's that's helping us eat ourselves um right now yeah it's 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 this i mean even as a race like even as like human beings you know what i'm saying like um it's like there could be a bigger you know, like, uh, we might not be the biggest, you know, we might not be at that hierarchy. Like, we might not be at the top. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, man. But, and, and that's the thing. We have... It doesn't like that movie Avatar, though. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But we oh, have... Yeah. There's, de- there's definitely other beings in this universe, bro. We're, we're part of, we're part of one, what is it called? Solar system? Out of many solar systems? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and scientists say that Galaxies there are other dimensions yeah. as well. There's other dimensions as well. So it's just, it goes on and on and on. And we have such a limited knowledge. So to think that, you know, we're the only beings or we're the top tier beings is just absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely insane. Um, Man, you guys got any more points you want to touch up on? 
talked about. Oh, um, well, again, I just want to bring up the fact that uh, I think we're going to have to, I want to retouch on the defunding the police because, you know, I want to hold the, you know, again, in democratic run cities again, where, you know, you got Mayor de Blasio paying the streets in New York instead of, you know, giving extra funding to the police department, you know, and cracking down on crime because, you know, uh, I think it was either there or Atlanta or Chicago, I'm sorry, like a 7 to 14-year-old was shot over the 4th of July weekend. Um, you know, again, I talked about this last time, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the episode where we're talking about, you know, you know, patriots versus Democrats, right? Um I talked about, you know, defunding the police and everything. I think, again, I can't stress this enough that, you know, instead of, you know, taking funds away from the public servants, right? Because that's what they are, right? So firefighters, um, um, police officers, I forgot who else, they're all public servants, right? They're here to serve the yeah. public, right? That's saying the congressional uh, constituents, right? You're essentially a public servant, but get, they, pay, they get paid a quarter of a million every year. Doesn't make sense to me. But... <clears throat> We cannot defund the, the police. Even Joe Biden says that. He even says it. I know why he says it, because of the 1994 crime bill, but that's not the point. The point is that you just can't not have some type of governing entity. If the Jews in the Bible created the judges, the book of judges, because you were actually people who were like, hey, I have a problem. Take it up to the judges, the the, the governor, the, the governing entity. Then it has to be some type of that. We're just going to have absolute chaos. You know, like if we don't have, I'm going to go on a rant here. If we don't have a governing body to control the situation, we are going to have massive anarchy in these streets, right? The BLM, which used to be a movement, but now it's a Marxist group because that guy literally, I forgot what, I think you guys saw, he went on like on CNN or Fox News and, you know, the, the anchor was like, you know, you're talking about like destroying the whole system if we don't get our way. That's straight up anarchy, dude. That's not what this movement's for or, or what the movement, the odd political ideological should be, right? The whole point is that, you know, we need to, again, allocate money to training, right? And we need to extend police academies. You can't just expect someone to know, you know, everything and, and deal with any type of situation for, for three months into an academy and then you're good and then not stay in shape, right? That's another thing as well. Um, and the reason why I, I say this is because, you know, Again, I go back to history and I go back to lessons, right? You know, samurai, right? They were very disciplined in their craft. They were very, you know, they would train constantly every day because when that one moment when they would go into battle, they were for sure to win. Always so so what they thought. The reason why the Japanese were so good in cars because the attention to detail, because the constant I think it takes like it takes like six it takes like um, six months to make a Rolls Royce, and think something says it takes like thirteen years to make a, like a, a Toyota. I don't know how true that is, but it kind of sounds accurate. In Japan, right, and we can take a lot. We can learn a lot from the Japanese here because they destroyed our automotive industry. It took, you know, you know, in order to become a soba master, right, the noodle person, the delicious noodles, mm -hmm. you have to learn how to make the soba for like six months. Before you can even start doing the cutting and everything, you know the sushi masters, the the guys that when you sit at the table and they make the sushi for you and you eat it, it's delicious, right? 
and you have those guys beside him, which are the print, the um, the sous chef essentially, right? The right the right hand man. Mm-hmm. You don't even get to that point. You have to spend literally two years, two years just making rice mm-hmm. and cleaning dishes. That's all you do in Japan mm-hmm. uh, if you want to become a sushi master. You have to learn how to create rice mm-hmm. because the rice can change at any time, depending on the seasons, depending on the temperature. There's so many situations can change. So. If a guy has to spend two years making rice, why can't we spend an extra, you know, twenty percent of our time to training and extending the police academy from a little over three months, because that's how long JSO is, to you know a full year? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just asinine at this point that we're seeing you know innocent children die who are just trying to have a good time on Fourth of July again in cities that are run by democratic governors who don't like gun control obviously but at the same time want to defund the police but at the same time not taking care of their own people again it comes back to relationships and trust of your constituents and people that's all i got to say yeah um and plus it goes back to it's like uh it's a definitely an imperfect system um it is because uh at the end of the day like it just has to go back with uh virtue and morals because training yeah training but like for the it'd be different if it was just like i mean you don't gotta it doesn't matter you no amount of training is going to teach you how to be a decent person right so like what we're seeing has nothing to do with training mm-hmm. um and it's it's like there's just bad apples but they're basically like almost um put in put there like isn't like there really aren't any coincidences, you know what I mean? Like all of this is really happening in democratically ran, um, you know, states and things like that. And like, um, it, uh, it's like even with the defunding them, and like, it's 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 blatantly obvious that you know most of these move like the Black Lives Matters movement and things like that at its core is like a Marxist movement, and you know everything that's happening right now is basically you know trying to bring on anarchy itself. And um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I feel like basically whatever you just make, you just got to be careful what you're taking part in because they don't. A lot of things don't have the best intention for you, basically. Well, yeah, and to rebut your point, I mean, yeah, you are right. You know, the the apple doesn't fall from the tr- fall far from the tree, right? Yeah. Um. But again, it comes back to having psychological evaluations. You know, it comes back to, you know, having these tests. Because if you try to apply for a federal job, yo, it's so strenuous, bro. Any type of federal job, FBI, you know, Secret Service, you go through these like extensive psychological evaluations because they got to see you like, hey, man, you're going to be dealing with, you know, crime lords. You're going to be dealing with, you know, protecting the president. Can you handle that stress, right? So, you know, that's another. fix or not I really say fix but it's another um um a solution to the problem but um I'm trying to think I'm trying to think right now but yeah you're right it's, it, it is it is not a coincidence that you know all this is happening right now but again it comes back to you know holding people accountable you know let's scrap BLM aside right let's just talk about the issues that we have currently right why is Baltimore still the highest crime has the highest crime rate in the world I, that's what I heard and I'm pretty sure that's true, you know, obviously because, you know, the, the police department's corrupt over there. Um, again, you know, I think it's a Democratic-run uh, operation as well. But, you know, it, it comes back to, you know, 
holding people accountable, we the people holding people accountable for the actions, right? Like the NFL. Come on, man. Oh, we're gonna play. Uh, what was that song for uh, during week one or something like that? Some some about you know we're we're here for you. Like Shannon Sharp said, man. What does that what does that do for any of us, bro? Like, oh, okay. Um, all right, we're uh, all right. Cool, man. Appreciate that song. Oh shit, I'm still poor. Oh shit, I'm there's still drugs still on my street. Oh yeah, that really helped me. Again, it's holding people accountable and say, hey, man, we gotta see change here, dude. Like this whole like talk man about like we're here for you but again going back to the book of james man it's all about action dude are you are you donating by the way the nfl is a 501c3 it's a non-for-profit but yet it makes millions of dollars a year um you know are you allocating that money to investing back into communities or giving you know financial players you know a voice a platform to speak on right um are you using that you know, I'm glad NASCAR is, you know, pushing in the right direction. But at the same time, you know, what are we doing to change, dude? When we start talking about money, man, that's when people start start fucking capping out, dude. And just say, like, nah, man, like, I can't do it. I'm good, bro. Like, but, yeah, you want to post some bullshit song about, like, uh, you know, free last or some shit like that. You know, it's just irritating. Yeah, it's just like uh, people got to realize that they're just getting – they're just <laughs> the same people that are – they're just pandering to us, like, you know. They're just being cute with it. Like, you know, the NFL has power. It's the actual NFL. Like, they have more power than to, to make it change than just doing a song. Um, you know, the politicians that are, you know, taking the knee, marching with a hand up. It's like, yeah, but you should probably, you know, do your job. And that'll probably, you know, help us out more. Yeah, um, like a sign of bill or something. Yeah. <laughs> or something, dude. Um, <laughs> Put me in the office, man. Yeah, man, rings for rings for uh for chairman. <laughs> yo, 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 low key, bro. I was I was long time ago. I was like, man, I was thinking I should run for governor, bro. I mean, shit. If Trump got in office, bro, then fuck it. Kanye running, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, I mean, even with the police, man, we definitely gotta. Uh, <laughs> we don't. Only reason why we have so many police is because you know they have quotas for these prisons. So it's just like we gotta get rid of the, all the whole system. Like the police at this point are really just kind of like the flunkies of the system. Mm. Damn. And so they just kind of grab every they you know they're just people off the street you know what i'm saying like they're not just like you know it don't take much and that's the point you know what i'm saying and they're just like it's a bigger system at play i mean because really what they're there for is to put people in prison and uh if we can kind of dismantle that then it won't you know it'll kind of it'll thin itself out yeah actually actually my last uh, i don't know if you gotta say something because i actually want to say the last one last point and i'm good i don't feel like yeah. something Say something, Therese. Oh, I, oh, well, I, w- I wanted, I wanted to, to touch on this. I think when you have a job that its sole duty is to enforce a law, that kind of attracts a, 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 cl- a certain class of people, people who've probably been bullied their whole life, and you know they want something to prove, like that. Those type of individuals, and I think these are the type of individuals who are causing a lot of this um, uh, turmoil in the police department. That's causing a lot of police, uh, police brutality uh, cases because they have this pre preconceived notion that it's us against them instead of trying to really protect and serve the community i mean you're a civil servant you're a servant to the public you know your first thing is to protect and make rational decisions and obviously um all of this is being exposed in in the light and and going and going to your point regus they 
the system should learn from the Japanese. Um, having that understanding of having that implementation of discipline and, and assertiveness and checking these guys out. You know, having these psych evaluation, I'm surprised that this is not even that's not implemented in the uh, in, in in the process of picking polices. Like they don't do psych like they, I know they do. I know they do their level of psych evaluations. They have to. But the way you labeled um, the regiment that the feds do, like they have these very assertive and intensive um points where they're they're really trying to see what this person's made out of through these you know these tedious tests like the police doesn't have that the the, the police has like again i'm not jso but like the police you know obviously there's a baseline standard you have to complete right so you have like the actual jso test right to become a gs officer that's pretty standard toward that's pretty standard across you know, every department you want to go into, right? There's a firefighter's test, there's an EMT test, right? And then you have your, you know, the physical part, right? Um, you know, where, you know, uh, um, Darrow, right? Um, the recent shout out to Darrow. Uh, you know, hope you're listening. But um, she, uh, she said, yeah, when I was applying, right? And she was like, there was like this basic physical conditioning right you know i think it was like a mile and a half run like come on let's get cake son <laughs> and then you had um an obstacle course and then like i think push up to sit-ups and then you're done and like there's not like really a standard after that saying like hey you gotta like redo these requirements like every you know six months right but however when you go to an actual agency right in the fed right you gotta take a test mm -hmm. a standardized test right that gauges your personality, that gauges your judgment, that gauges situational, that gauges, and this is all public information, it's not confidential, by the way, um, in case, you know, the feds come knocking. Um, so, you know, you take a test, right? Phase one, you take a, um, a test, standardized test, right? So it's situational, personality, preferences, interests. Um, it's all these type of characteristics, right? If you pass that, right, if you meet their standard, right, then you move to a second test where they got to see how well you can do documentation correctly. Mm -hmm. Then you got to do a structured interview that's like an hour long. Then you got to do um, a fitness test. Mm -hmm. Then you got to do, um, you know, the background check. Mm -hmm. And this is all this process, processes that take a year mm -hmm. to even go to the academy. Just to just to just this this is all pre based on stuff. You're not even in the academy yet. You're not even, you know, flexing or anything. You got to do all this stuff just to make it to that point. That's how rigorous and training it is. Yeah. That's a year yeah. versus three months. You see, you got the best, of the best. Now we're gonna go. Now we're not gonna go into you know all that other stuff. But my point is, is you know, it's it's way longer. It's more intensive and in, in other federal agencies versus you know the local. You know, established on here. I think the local establishments just need to have some type of protocol. They need to have, again, training, psychological, jujitsu, judo, uh, sambo. You know, uh, capoeira. The, you know, they need to have some type of training, and not rely on a gun because you know, you've been hitting the donuts, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a cop. I can say that. So, you know, you, you gotta. There ha again. Got to stay in shape. Got to get after it. Got to have discipline. Discipline equals freedom. Jocko Will, hope you're listening, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so so let me ask you, Regis. I mean, 
is there situational training implemented throughout the year? Like are, are officers that, you know, are, are, you know, on right now, are they going through, you know, a series of like situational training, maybe like three or four times out the year so they can, so their blade can be already be sharpened when they're put in a crazy situation like the, you, you know, or in a, in a bad situation where the situation of panicking can happen? Um, no, I'm not too sure about them, but for us, I mean, yeah, we, we got their, our annual actor shooter training, right? Actor shooter on site, what do you do, right? We actually go through a live exercise. Hey, there's an actor shooter um, it's somewhere in this building. Then we got to clear rooms. Then we got to communicate. We got to cover and move. You yeah. know, you know, tact zero two. Yeah. Check that out. Um, you know, we actually do that cover and move. We, we, um, I remember, I remember our training, like, yeah, that's what we did. We did cover and move. We did, um, you know, situationals like, hey, someone, someone got shot. Like, we need to figure out this out. We got a person who's really like in the so in the different zones, right? Black means like you're you're not there. Your senses are not there. Mm-hmm. Your emotions are not in check, and you're just all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to calm that person down. Then you got to deal with this situation. And you got all these reporters out here. And then you got to do all these type of situations. You say, okay, you know, what do you do, mm-hmm. right? So I can only speak for myself. We had that type of training. Um, again, if you're only doing three months, but again, if, if we're seeing the stuff here, then I just using inference and, you know, I, I know there's just not enough. I just know there's not enough. Right. I mean, if the guy's running away from you, dude, um, yes, he shot a taser, but it's a taser. If he's running away from you, he's no longer a threat. Yeah. That, 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 that is a fact. He's no longer a threat. Yeah. If a guy said he can't breathe. And you have his, he have essentially a blood choke, right? Yeah. You need to, you need to take over. Hey, man, I, I see a little stress here. Why don't you just cool off, man? I got it from here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Like, um, it's another guy too. Like, make sure you're actually identifying the wrong person. Like, there was another guy. Like, you literally, the guy, the officer broke this black dude's ribs because mm-hmm. they thought it was some other guy. But the guy was like, yo, I've been coming here for years, dude. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, we have the wrong guy. The yeah. fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. I know that, dude. Yeah. It's a base. It's a basic shit, dude. Yeah. And, and we're fucking it up, dude. Yeah. It just gives us a bad rap, dude. Uh, that that's what I wanted to talk about. But I want to talk about one last thing, dude, which is uh, group economics for black wealth. But I wanted to see if you guys had anything before I go into that. Uh, yeah, just um, add just one last thing to the last one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, if all the amount of training is not going to help people be a decent human being, and uh, at the end of the day, like you said, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, yeah, the duty is to protect and serve, but I mean, the real basis was slave patrol. So, you know, those interests are still there and it's still reinforced. Um, and that's pretty much the, you know, the prison industrial complex. That's hey. the, that's, so it's like, you know, yeah, man. So kind of like that's what you know, that's what, what that? it kind of really enforces. That's that's what that's what y'all kind of serve. And, that's what they serve and protect in a sense yeah so it's like the community the way it's structured is based off that old system and so mm. it's like it has to really just be restructured as far as like who polices what community you know what i'm saying the people for the most from from the beginning the people that you know have been um serving the people that they hate technically you know what i'm saying are the people that they don't see any you know that they don't almost want like the, in certain neighborhoods that they don't live in or, you know, <clears throat> et cetera. So I just feel like it needs to be reconstructed with, you know, the true nature and true identity of 
the times, which is really to protect and serve the community. Yeah. And there are good people that are, you know, that are that want that to happen, but that's not the basis that is bu- that is built upon. Yeah. And that's what needs to, I believe, change. Facts. Facts. All facts here. All right. But man. um so like yeah, man. So the last thing for me, man, I want to talk about is essentially um black and economics. Um I sent you guys um this IGT story from Black Renaissance Wall Dude. And remember and I, again I talked about this in the last podcast I was on. I talked about, you know, how is it the you know, the Jews, the Italians, the the Mexicans, everyone excuse me, is able able to build substantial wealth within their own community, but at the same time, you know, serve everyone else. And that guy pretty much put it perfectly. Um, obviously there's room for discussion, but um, just to give the viewers and listeners a breakdown of this, man. So essentially do what the Jews do. Um, and this guy was right. He's like, anywhere you go, dude, the Jews are always in top of their top like 5% wealth, right? You go down to Miami, Jews own some land. You go up here, Jews own some land. Or you go up to New York, Jews own some, they got some wealth, they got some wealth up there, dude, California. No matter where you go, dude, they're, they're on the top. Why? It's because, you know, and I'll basically paraphrase this. Essentially, you know, they're asked their kids saying, hey, you know, what do you want in life? Okay, you want a Porsche. Okay, what color? What brand? All right, so you need to save this amount of money. Then you need to, in order to save this amount of money, right, you need to become like a high high net worth individual, like a doctor, lawyer, accountant, something like that. Then you need to open up your own business, right? Then you need to get 10% of whatever you make and put it into the pot, right? We'll call it, and we we'll call this into the pot of wealth, right? And so you keep doing this in, per, in perpetuity, and then when the next person wants to build their empire, right, you help them. So that's how that works, dude. And I was like, damn, that's pretty simple, right? You save 10% of your your net worth, essentially, right? And you, you put it in this pot, and then when the next person needs to, you know, you know, build their business or start up, that's how you start creating wealth. That's how you start, you know, loaning out money to each individual. And that's how you start owning all these businesses and real estate and banks and everything. That's how that wealth happens. And I was like, wow, that's just a simple concept. And of course, having, you know, a life insurance policy as well, in case you need to cash out anything. But I was like, wow, this is just like so simple. But yet I think that's, that's, that's the move. That's the move that needs to be. But of course, you know, that was like, we're just talking about old relative money, right? The new money, cryptocurrency, shout out to Bitcoin, um, that's the new thing. And I think Acon is about to launch his uh, crypto coin too, uh, Acoin, in Africa soon, I, I believe. Um, so if you want to create a Wakanda, right, that's what needs to happen. Hey, buy A. Hey, we need to, you know, want to do this. Okay, you need to get a good job, right? We got plenty of opportunity now, especially what's happening right now. Okay, hey, all right, you need to take, you know, X amount of wealth. Put into crypto, right? Put into Bitcoin, right? Because Bitcoin's not going to zero. I assure you. Um, hey, you know, put into here. Okay, now transfer that wealth, right? It's offline. Hey, buy, start buying some physical gold and silver. Start building this wealth. So when the next brother comes up, right, and he needs to create his own, you know, recording studio, he wants to be the next Therese. Okay, man, let's help him out. What do we need to do? What's your plan? What's your goal? And that's how we start building our wealth. Because we're in the age of crypto, where crypto again, it's early adopters. Only 0.27% of the global co- population will, will end up owning one Bitcoin. That's a, that's a fact from Altcoin Daily, which I do believe as well. Wow. Um, even Bill Burr is owning is about to buy Bitcoin right now. Uh, Kanye knows about Bitcoin. 
all these institutional banks who said, yeah, Bitcoin's trash, it's 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 money laundering. And here's a quick fact. Out of the global GDP population, about two to three percent is actually money laundered. So that's about um, eight hundred. I think it was eight hundred billion. I think two to two to three percent of the global global GDP, less than one percent, is actually money laundered through Bitcoin. That's a pure fact for me. Um, in case you guys were thinking that's a scam, obviously you guys don't. Um, so again, this is not going away. Yes, some coins are going to go away, but the fundamental values of, of everything that we see now, it's not going to go away. We're having banks being, you know, we have SEC Bitcoin funds that are being launched right now. So I think that's the, the, the direction that we all need to go through in order to start building economic wealth like everyone else has. And, and you can follow the money. I mean, it, it all leads to Silicon Valley. It all leads, you know, to these these major uh, corporations, tech corporations that are in China. This is where all the money is going. It's going towards innovation. So, you know, I think you got to keep up with the times. And if you don't, you get left behind. <laughs> so, uh, B-Lap, you got any last remarks, buddy? Um, nah, man. Um, I thought we hit everything. And, uh, yeah. Hey. And um, shout out to the Daily Currency uh, we just updated it with uh, Regus uh, put up two um, articles. One was on Yeezy. I read that one. It was really good. And then the other one, what was the other one called? <laughs> um, it's about DeFi, man. A new way to uh, have passive income, dude. Yes. But with caution. Yes, yes. And we need that. So uh, check that out, please. If you want to build those assets and have that cash flow coming in, check out his articles. Um, there's some really good tips, really good recommendation, also some really good insight on there. So it's the dailycurrency.com. Check it out. And that concludes this episode, man. Thank you guys for supporting. Signing out. Mm -hmm.